When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, where you been? Buckeye Talk is about to begin Hey, 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 come on in Welcome back to your post first round Buckeye talk. Whether this is probably by Friday, by the time it gets out, Doug Lamar, Nathan Baird, Stephen Means talking about the two Ohio State Buckeyes, part of the first round of the NFL draft in 2022. Garrett Wilson, 10 to the Jets, as predicted by Nathan Baird on our podcast a couple weeks ago. He could take a victory lap on that. And then, Nathan, do you have it in front of you? The Saints jumped to get Chris Olave at 11, but I think maybe some one of us had the Saints as the landing spot for Chris Olave. I believe that was me as well, although I did not Look have them that. trading up. Oof. So I'll take one and a half out of two. The Pretty Washington good. traded number 16, number 98, and number 120 to go up and take him at number 11. So I thought the idea, so as people know by now, Drake London, first receiver off the board to the Falcons at number eight, breaking the heart of Stephen Means, Falcons fan, and Garrett Wilson, aficionado. First receiver is Drake London. Aficionado. Garrett Wilson, I don't know what to call Bestie. Bestie. And best friends. We're best. I don't stalk him. I mean, I mean, it was my job to like pay attention to him for three years. So like sure was. Sure was. So so Garrett Wilson's the second receiver taken. Chris Olave, we had had a discussion on this podcast. Would Chris Olave maybe be the third receiver taken? If we thought it would maybe come down. If London and Wilson were the consensus top two, would Olave go ahead of Jamison Williams? He does. The Lions jumped to get Jamison Williams. So it's just Nathan, just to see, boom, 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 three straight picks, guys who were the three starting receivers for the Ohio State Buckeyes in 2020. We all knew it, but it's just the, to see it happen. It's just like, dude, like, is, like Brian Hartline can just take a photo of that and hang it on his wall forever. Yeah, Stephen and I actually did a video talking about this very topic, and we knew all three of those guys are going in the first round. So Hartline was going to have his moment. Ohio State was going to have its moment, you know, with, you know, pulling Jamison Williams into the orbit a little bit. And but uh, I think you're right. That succession, that bang, 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 which then immediately turns into a conversation about like, oh, you guys should wait and see this guy they got coming next year. Jackson Smith, the Jigba, he might be a top 10 pick next year. Like this is a, a, a big moment for Ohio State football, I think. And um, you you try to especially I think in this day and age where your brand and notoriety is more important than ever. You want to grab any sort of juice that is out there. And this is a night of juice for Ohio State. To get those three guys in a row is a, a big sort of um, – it's just a moment for Brian Hartline, a moment for this offense, a moment for the program that they now can try to parlay into. And you already saw the guys that they're targeting in this 2023 class, 2024 class, like some of those receivers are already taking notice on social media. Yeah, 
Brandon Innes and Carnell Tater definitely watching the NFL draft. But they also did this during the combine when Olave and Wilson were blowing everybody away. So this is just what teenagers do. Um, I think Garrett and Chris were going to be this for Brian Hartline anyway. The, the other side of what a, an elite assistant coach looks like. Can you get them in here? Can you develop them in the elite college football players? And then can you get them drafted higher? You know, and, and three years later or four years later. And that's what Garrett and Chris were always going to be for Brian Hartline. I said this in a video and I'll say this here. Jamison Williams is just Brian Hartline's Joe Burrow, the guy who was here for a minute and went somewhere else and got more opportunity to do so. And as soon as he got extended opportunity, he turns himself into a first round draft pick. And it's not the hugest deal in the world. But if anybody's like, oh, how could Ohio State let the number 12 pick in the draft get away? It's like because they kept the 10th and 11th. Yeah. Like the fact that Jamison went behind <laughs> both Wilson and Olave made this perfect. Yeah. Is was like I thought it was appropriate. And again, we maybe if he tore his AC, didn't tear his ACL, maybe it would have been different. But some pe- you know, some people would have done that kind of thing, Nathan, right? So it was just sure. like it sure. was like, oh, what was the order? It was like, well, it was the guy who the five all star. of us, all of us <laughs> thought was probably the slightly better pro prospect than the other guy. Then it was the guy, and then it was the guy to transfer. And I thought in the end. Okay, London's the first receiver. That's fine. But that the order was Wilson Olave, then Jameis Williams felt right to me. Meanwhile, the Belitnikov favorite is back next year. You know? Yeah, that, that, that is the other part of it, that it could be another – people could look back a year from now and say um, that was four top ten receivers in that room at, at that moment. I, I think you're right, Doug. I, I, you know, we, we pre-write um, a lot of the breaking news stuff that happens – I don't think that's a shock to anyone. And you have to write a couple versions of things just to get it up quickly. And I definitely had a version that was like, you know, Jamison Williams was the third fiddle to Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson and then preceded them off the board in the NFL draft. Like that was clearly, that was obviously a thing that could happen. And to have, it's not just that they went in succession, but for in two of those cases, it's teams that were lunging up in the draft, trading up in the draft, trading away other capital to go up and get those guys because they saw such value in them. I think that kind of adds to the, the moment for, for the room. So um, I think, you know, obviously we should probably focus mostly on Olave and Wilson, but you can't deny that, that Jamison Williams was a part of this too. And it's, I just think it could be one sort of a signature moment for Heartline as this develops now, still going forward three, four years down the line. So let's go to Garrett Wilson first. 10th pick to the New York Jets. The Jets are getting some business done. They take Sauce Gardner, the cornerback at four. They get a great value in Jermaine Johnson, I think at 26, who's an edge guy that I thought would have been a good pick for the Browns at 13 if they would have kept that pick. Yep. Those are three impact guys at three premium positions. You get Zach Wilson, the quarterback they took at number two in the draft last year. You get him a big-time target in Garrett Wilson. I saw something. It's the first time the Jets have taken receiver in the first round since Santana Moss in 2001. That is a long time. Steven, there is going to be and, – and I sports writers do this too much. Do you feel any pressure? Do you feel any pressure? Oh, Listen, they're, they're, everyone's trying their best, and they know people are watching there will be expectations for Garrett Wilson in New York to be this guy for Zach Wilson, that they have not taken the receiver in the first round in two decades, but I like Garrett Wilson in New York. I think we have to see how good Zach Wilson is, but the jets liked him enough to take him ahead of Trey Lance, Mac Jones and Justin Fields. 
I like Garrett Wilson in New York. I think it's a good fit. Obviously, we didn't we, we don't cover all these receivers, but we covered Garrett Wilson, we covered Chris Olave, and we covered Jamison Williams. Of those three personalities, I think he fits New York the best. Um, I think his game, it's like, like J-Mo is fast. Chris Olave is a smooth route runner, but he's a quiet guy. Garrett Wilson's got the personality. Um, he's got the swagger, and he's got like the explosive type of game that uh, – Kind of like when the Giants drafted Odell Beckham Jr. and then he started doing cool stuff that the kids all love. Like, Garrett, I'm not saying he's as good as Odell Beckham Jr., but I'm just that kind of concept, putting that in New York. I think he's going to be very comfortable there. But then, yes, on the field, there's the we went and got our quarter franchise quarterback last year, and now we just gave him a weapon that we think might be a offensive rookie of the year candidate from day one. Let's see what happens here. And he is the most dynamic receiver in New York since Odell Beckham Jr., though. Because yes. there's not a guy like that. I mean, Elijah Moore and the Jets is fine. The Giants have like Sterling Shepard and Kenny Galladay, right? Who they signed as a free agent. But like, yeah. if you want to replicate, now listen, Odell's special. Odell, Odell's dynamic personality is next level. I don't know that Garrett's going to be going to like fashion week in a pair of shorts or whatever Odell did, which I, and I like all that stuff. I don't think Garrett's going to, make news because he wears a watch at practice so some people don't like Odell. Well, he wore I, apple I, watch during the I game like so Odell. like but I, I do think i think i think the spotlight i think the i i think it has a chance to to have some sizzle to it nathan and i don't think garrett will shy away from that and he's got a young quarterback and i do think they have a good coach in robert salah that like they're getting and i think people trust their gm now that that's been a bad franchise for a while, but I think they're getting their ducks in a row in a little bit. And Garrett Wilson could be the start of something there. Help them be the start of something. You know, it, it, I think it also probably helps him that he's one of now three first round picks for the Jets from this. So you're not even going in with the same um, burden, maybe that if you were the only first round pick and you were taking 10th overall and you were seen as like you alone have to come in and sort of help be the a savior for this franchise that certainly needs one and but regardless of that he's a guy who has been in the spotlight for a long time he was already an NFL prospect when he left Texas as a the five-star guy top 20 recruit like those guys are expected to be NFL players those guys are expected to be stars in college he not only delivered but it felt like he kind of kept pushing the expectations up you know at every level and he also did that at Ohio State where you live in the spotlight a little bit. There aren't as many uh, – there aren't that many um, programs that have – that put you under the kind of scrutiny that Ohio State does. So all those things together, I, I think he'll be fine in New York. It definitely helps that there's a guy named Sauce also going to New York with him to take some of that away from him. Who wore a diamond sauce necklace. Yes. In yes. the draft. And he's actually well, not even the Wilson with the most – on his shoulders in this offense to be fair he wore pearls so it you know but yes who wore what garrett wilson had like three pearl necklaces on nice nice so so and jermaine johnson i talked to jermaine johnson at the combine the guy they got like a 26 who's an edge rusher he's got a lot of swag too so those are three guys who are not going to shy away from that they could be the three amigos They'll be linked. They might be the Mm -hmm. rebirth of the Jets. I think there's a great opportunity there. Some great Wilson brothers opportunities. They can act like they're like air conditioner repairmen or something. And it's Garrett Wilson and Zach Wilson, Wilson brothers, or they're a law firm. Wilson brothers will come, you know, take your case. So I think Garrett in New York is good. And Nathan buried 22nd victory lap for nailing it straight on dead on. 
pretty well said. I'm too, t- I'm, I'm too tired to actually to take an actual victory lap. You, um, you better wake up, man. Yeah. Look, you got I, a uh, you got a situation coming here real soon. That's why I'm I'm saving my energy. <laughs> I've already you know been been to doctor's appointments and stuff today about that. So um, I will say, as I was watching it live, I wondered how long that the idea of them taking him at four would still be alive for you, Doug. But then when the Texans pulled the first surprise of the draft and mm. took Derek Stingley at three, I thought that meant the Jets had to take Sauce Gardner at four. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Yeah, because it's like there's two great corners and one's already gone, and now they right. can't wait for it on Sauce. They can't wait to tend and say we'll take Sauce or Stingley or whatever. So good fit, not a surprise. It is this, this draft, a lot of stuff kind of fell as people sort of thought it would fall. So the quarterbacks are a little bit goofy, but a lot of the other stuff has gone as planned. And the Falcons and the Jets were always the two most popular landing spots for Garrett Wilson. And good luck to him in New York. I think it'll be fun. We'll come back and talk about Chris Olave next on Buckeye Talk. Doug Maurice, Nathan Baird, Stephen Means wrapping up round one. Round one is not technically over as we're recording. We don't think another Buckeye is going to be picked. Chris Olave, the idea, I just think, Nathan, it makes it would make me feel good if a team traded up to get me. And he has to feel good that this was a guy – 15, 17, 19, right? Chargers at 17 was popular. Eagles or Saints in 15, 16 was popular. You know, could he somehow get to the Packers at 22? But 11 is pretty darn good for Chris Olave, and the Saints didn't wait. They wanted him that bad. Yeah, I I was also struck by that. And we may have undersold how well he did at the Combine in some ways because – when you're already considered the best route runner in the in the field, and you're already this you know smooth operator with this um, who just makes it look so effortless out on the field, who has shown an ability to you know win at the at, at, at win win contested catches and things like that, and then you go out there and run that sub four four number. I just think that really enhanced his package so much, and I think you saw that tonight, like the full. Um, collection of, of skills that he was able to offer an NFL team. I think the Saints saw something that maybe they thought that now that Wilson was the second guy off the board, there was going to be a run and they didn't want to be at the tail end of that run. And since they had two first rounders, they could jump up and take him and they had some room to play with. But he may also have been, for all we know, they could be saying he was the number one guy on their board after the way that the combine went. Yeah, I think that's the key there. I think the Saints fell in love with Chris Olave. And this is when you wish you had some behind the scenes look at how things were working out there. But the Saints knew something was happening where they couldn't sit still at 15 and still think that he was going to be there. So they went and got the guy that they wanted. And he he kind of fits in perfectly since Michael Thomas is back there. He's going to do the exact same thing for the Saints that he spent the last three years doing at Ohio State as a number two Z receiver. So I think Jameis Winston likes to chuck it. So I do think giving him a deep ball guy isn't a bad idea. And I wonder if this will reinvigorate Michael Thomas a little bit because he's had a weird couple of years in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. He had some off-field stuff where they just weren't getting along. He had some injury stuff. But Michael Thomas is a pro from head to toe. He was a pro at Ohio State. He was all about his business. And I don't know what frustrated him in New Orleans, but I think Michael Thomas will like having a little brother. And I think Chris Olave 
is chill and is fine. But like if Michael Thomas is like, hey, do you want to go catch 200 balls after practice? Chris Olave will be like, let's catch 201. And and I, I, I think that pairing, we know the Saints like Ohio State guys. We know there's been a history of Buckeyes in New Orleans. But I think there have been times when people wondered, would, would the Saints trade Michael Thomas? He got a big contract there. Then Drew Brees retired. And, he, and again, he got hurt. And it's just been weird for a couple of years. Before that, Michael Thomas was as good as any receiver in the league. I I like this pairing. Now, is Jay, you know, when we did our mock draft, I think I might have sent Chris Olave to the Chargers because I wanted to give Chris Olave a franchise quarterback. Jameis is not that, but you've got Alvin Kamara, if Michael Thomas is healthy, and Chris Olave, those are some skill guys who can get it done. That should bring out Steven. That should bring out the best of Jameis Winston who's a former number one overall pick who's been around for a while now. There's some potential with this offense. And I, and I like those two Ohio state guys together. There's a chance to maximize Jameis and uh, Jameis. Will- oh my God. This is me. Jameis, Jameis Winston, but also just for the sake of some fan fiction and the fact that Michael Thomas tweeted out from Cali to Columbus to new Orleans, if it doesn't work out, I don't know what the Saints, you know, what they have piled up there, but they could get back into the quarterback race a year from now if they wanted to, if Jameis doesn't work out and they already have these weapons in place. But in the meantime, yes. They traded their first round pick next year. Okay, then. Okay, cool. Never mind. Then, yes, this is a chance to maximize and kind of revitalize Jameis' career. Because they got after it here. They traded next year's first rounder to get an extra first rounder this year. Then they took took an offensive lineman, right? Didn't they take Penning also? They took Trevor Penning at 19. So they're leaning on offense. Yeah. They got a they got a blocker for Jameis too. I think I think they're gonna take their shot with this Mm. and see if they can bring out a Jameis Winston that we never really saw in Tampa. He was fine at his best. He was super boom and bust. He threw a ton of picks but he can make big plays. If he cuts down on the mistakes, they have a new coach there. They're t- just like we said with, they got to find out about Zach Wilson, right? The, mm-hmm. the, the Eagles traded for AJ Brown. Cause they got to find out about Jalen hurts. You have Jameis Winston in the building. Find out, I guess, find out, give mm-hmm. Chris Olave and a tackle and see what happens. Yeah. It's, it's a potentially volatile situation or if, volatile. I don't necessarily mean volatile in terms of like, uh, well, actually, maybe I do, because, I mean, Alpha Kamara has had some off-field issues. He may or may not be a part of the team this season. Um, we've seen Michael Thomas have some whatever was going on with him. It's, but I also think that's another reason to maybe trade up and get Olave. If you like him that much and you don't know what you have in the future with Michael Thomas, you don't know how long that situation, if, if there's something really that goes sideways, now you still have Olave, maybe a guy that can ascend and, and take some of that number one, too. We were talking about this on the Orange and Brown Talk stream that we were doing live during parts of the first round. But just run on receivers. It's just the way the league's going now, which is going to be good for Ohio State, which is going to be good for the NFL, which is going to be good for Ohio State recruiting because everybody wants young receivers because old receivers get paid and you can't win if you don't have guys who can catch the ball. And so we see somebody like the Titans. A.J. Brown wants to get paid. The Titans are like, all right, we'll trade him to the Eagles and we'll draft Traylon Burks and replace him that way. That that this There's this cycle of – draft a young receiver, develop him, and then maybe trade him and then draft somebody else young. But to have six receivers taken in the first 18 picks, Stephen, it's the first time that's happened in the modern common draft era. A third of the first 18 picks were receivers in a world where no quarterbacks were. 
The first quarterback didn't go till 20. We saw teams jumping for receivers like you normally see teams jumping for quarterbacks. So I do think the iffy quarterback class helped the emphasis on receivers. Plus mm-hmm. also it's a strong receiver class, but it's not like the league wasn't already there, Stephen, but it's going that way even more. Jahan Dotson was the 16th pick in this draft. I think Jahan Dotson's a good football player. I don't think he's the 16th best player in this draft. But once Olave, once Wilson Olave and Jamison Williams go 10, 11, 12, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. listen, man, if you're going to sit, you're not going to get somebody. Yeah, I mean, that's. Yeah, that's that's why even with the Traylon Burks, that's why those two went so high, because the Lions and the Saints traded up to get guys when nobody thought they were going to do that. But to your point, a third of the picks were wide receivers and half of them were in Ohio State's receiver room 13 months yeah. ago. So, like, and if you think, oh, I mean, look what they did with Joe Burrow. You think they're not going to use, they're already using it. There's multiple pictures of Getty image pictures of Gris Olave, Garrett Wilson, and Jamison Williams running down the field together in Ohio State uniforms. So, I mean, that's the pitch there. It's like, this is now a premium position in the NFL, and half of those guys came from this room. So come join that room. I mean, the NFL just made Brian Hartline's pitch for him. I th- there was a time when I think a lot of people said, hey, t- tell your kids to play corner because corner is where the money's at, right? If you think you can play receiver, flip it, flip your hips, go to the other side, yeah. play corner. And it's like, yeah, I can make money at receiver now too. All right, we'll take one more break, come back, wrap it up here. First round of the NFL draft on Buckeye Talk. Doug, Nathan, and Steven. Steven, I know you tweeted out something about Michigan having a player taken ahead of Ohio State for the first time since when? Since 2014. Yeah, 14. It was Taylor Lewin, Lewin who went to the Titans at 11, and Ryan Lewan, who went to the Titans at uh, number 11, and then Ryan Chasey going at 15 to the Steelers. This is the first time since then. So we knew Aiden Hutchinson was going to do that. He goes two to Detroit. I actually think that's a great fit. I mean, like that's hometown yeah. hero kind of stuff. Like for Aiden Hutchinson, I just, I, it, I like when that kind of stuff happens. It doesn't mean the Browns should draft Ohio state guys. It doesn't mean you have to draft guys from the college down the road, but as it turned out, I think Trayvon Walker, Jacksonville, Aiden Hutchinson to Detroit makes a lot of sense. So Michigan guy at number two, then Garrett Wilson was the next big 10 guy, Ohio state. Chris Olave, the next Big Ten guy. The fourth Big Ten guy was Jahan Dotson from Penn State at number 16. And then the fifth Big Ten guy, Tyler Linderbaum, the Iowa center at number 25 to Baltimore. And there's four picks left in the first round as we do this. There's a lot, Nathan, all those edge guys from the Big Ten, Ardell Ebikidi at Penn State, Boy Mafe at Minnesota, George Karloftis at Purdue. Maybe they'll squeeze into the back of the first round here. But I think there was a time. I think there was a time at the combine when people thought George Karloftis wouldn't last till the end of the first round. So not as productive, maybe, of a first round for the Big Ten as maybe we thought. But those edge guys are going to start going at some point. Yeah, I would think so. It just seems like maybe this is the draft that, for whatever reason, if it's need or if it's what you're talking about, a trend. Like I feel like edge rushing would have been traditionally maybe where you would have started to see a run and the receivers get, you know, fall into the second round. And for whatever reason, the opposite is happening with this group, though. There was obviously a lot of edges that went up top too. This was kind of a deep edge class just it as it was for receivers. And then uh, there's been a lot of comparisons. I've been curious about where this Georgia group's going to wind up in this draft. Ohio state had 10 guys in the first three rounds in 20, 
16. So I'm tracking the Georgia guys. They had Trayvon Walker uh, go number one. Then they had Jordan Davis go number. Oh, I missed him. So Jordan Davis went and then uh, Quay Walker also went. And then I think one more Georgia guy went, but I'll be curious to see. That'll be a story that I will be following on day two is does Georgia break or tie that record? Devontae Wyatt was the fourth Georgia guy. So as we speak, the first 29 picks four Georgia guys in the first round, can they have 10 in the first three rounds like Ohio state did in 2016 with that crop of guys? Uh, Steven, anything else you want to mention here about the first round of this draft before we sign off? Well, no, I think for the most part, it went the way we thought it was going to go in terms of, especially with those receivers, if you throw Jamison in there, of what order they were going to go in, especially since Jamison's hurt. Um, pretty basic day for Ohio State, just like last year was pretty basic with Justin being the only first rounder. And then a year from now, it gets interesting again for Ohio State on day one. So I saw, so again, I was at a, a high school musical that my kids were in tonight. So I missed like a lot of the coverage. I didn't get back until halfway through the first round. How was the drip? Chris and Garrett, I saw the photo with like the sunglasses on. Were they yeah. were they nailing it? Did they look good? Yeah. Did they did was the style appropriate? I know you said Garrett had the pearls on. Did they pull it off? I mean, yeah, yeah. They both pulled it off. I think Chris was that's a pretty basic look. A nice chain with a turtleneck. I know it's he's gotta be hot. I've been to Vegas. It's hot. You're in a turtleneck, but it, it's a pretty classic look. It's just Garrett's was a little bit more out there, which is I think they, it shows off their personalities, mm. and that's that's what you should do on draft day. You should show off your personality. I agree with that. By the way, uh, George Kalafis just went number thirty to the Chiefs. So George Kalafis thirty to the Chiefs, fifth Big Ten guy off the board. Nathan Baird, any final thoughts for you? I'm really uh, eager to see if uh, I keep picking really well on uh, days two and three. I thought. I had a good performance uh, in the first round. Uh, maybe not as good as the Jets, but other than like the Jets, I think uh, maybe me was was the second best performance of the first round what, tonight. What was that? Do you have what were the official Alave predictions? You, Did you ever and, pull- so you and Steven picked him to go fifteen to the Eagles. Okay, and I picked him to go sixteen to the Saints. So uh, you so had we were closer to his actual five. draft pick. Okay. But I guess you get more. You get more points for the team. I think you get more credit for picking the team, right? You knew the Saints loved him. Okay, sounds I, I didn't good. Know anything, but we uh, will. So we expect on day two. Look, I talk. <laughs> Nicholas Petit Frere should go off the board in day two. Uh, Jeremy Ruckert should go off the board in day two. Tyreek Smith maybe might go off the board in day two. So those will be guys that we are watching in rounds two and three. For the Ohio State Buckeyes, we'll come back. We'll do another wrap. That'll be late Friday night slash Saturday morning. And then we'll come back on Monday with a final, final, final look at where everybody went, any free agents that signed, how the Big Ten did compared to other conferences, that kind of thing. And I am going to jump in here because I'm processing the podcast after the first round is actually over. Another Big Ten guy went, you guys know, Dax Hill, the safety from Michigan. So overall, seven Big Ten players taken in the first round. SEC led with 12. Five of them to Georgia. The record for most first-round picks for a school is six for Miami in 2004 and Alabama in 2021. So five for Georgia. Ohio State in the 2016 draft also had five. All these five guys were defensive players for Georgia. Again, I mentioned monitoring 
Georgia, will they have more than 10 picks in the first three rounds? In 2016, Ohio State had five in the first round, two in the second, three in the third. Georgia's going to get there. They're going to have a bunch of guys taken on day two. Uh, again, for the Big Ten, two Michigan guys, Aiden Hutchinson and Dax Hill, two Ohio State guys, an Iowa guy, a Purdue guy, and a Penn State guy. Final tally, SEC 12, Big Ten 7, ACC 4, Pac 12 4, the group of five schools led by Cincinnati 4, nobody from the Big 12. Nobody from the Big 12 went in the first round, and then Notre Dame had one. So that is the official wrap-up on that. Now back to me saying the Buckeye Talk thing. For now, we appreciate you guys joining us for this coverage of round one of the NFL Draft. For Stephen Means and Nathan Baird, I'm Doug Maurice, and that was Buckeye Talk. Buckeye Talk.